Yeah, you drink a lot of alcohol and then you rub. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the Creative the Town podcast brought to you by us over at AtoZHorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. I'm talking about penetration beyond the veil of the flesh, Jack. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else who's too chicken shit to be a member of the Dynamic Duo Club. It's Mark. Hello. <laughs> For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. This week we watched 1986's The Fly, which was a Mark pick. Not sure about the year, not sure about whose pick it was. I'm guessing I was right about both. It was Jake. It was okay. not a Mark pick, yep. But it was 1986. Yes, you got that part right. Half right. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, and we will dive into that real soon. And when we do, fair warning, we're going to spoil the nonsense out of it. And if you like what we do and want to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash A to Z horror and support the show at your level of choosing. You'll get some cool perks, including voting on at any level on who loses beers for fears and what movie they have to watch as penance. But if you can't support that now or just can't swing the financials, that's fine. We just appreciate you hanging out with us. So on that score, let's do beers. For fears. Hey, Jake. That was a real, like, slowdown. You caught me off guard. Yeah, I did. I don't even know what I'm supposed to do with that. What are your beers for these fears? I have two. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go. I have a primary one and then a bit of a backup, but I, I still want it to be on the record. Uh, primary one is called Life and Limb. Uh, I think that that is kind of a perfect encapsulation of what uh, Dr. Brundle risks in this movie. He risks life and limb, and as we will get into, he he first loses his limbs and then he loses his life. This is a collaboration. Uh, this is a collaboration between, who is it, Sierra Nevada and Dogfish Head. So, you know, you, you fuse those two breweries together, and what do you get? <laughs> you get life and limb. Also, Dogfish Head, Dogfish, Dogfish, a dog and a fish together as one. This beer is a good beer for this this movie. Trust me. Uh, secondarily, <laughs> <you>. okay. <laughs> Re- <laughs> Revision makes a diabolical triple India Pale Ale called Doctor Lupulin. I just had to throw this in because it's a movie about a doctor, so this can be fun. Uh, this is this is clocking in at eleven and a half percent, and then my main beer is clocking in at ten and a half percent. So let's have fun. Woof. Well, I just spilled nose, m- most goes. of my beer. I spilled most of my beer that I was drinking. Yeah, why don't so. you tell me a, well, you're opening a second. Well, this one's it. almost because empty. the first one went all over the place. It it went. It got all caught in a cable. Jake, we have a very sophisticated audio setup here. Oh. And it got caught in one of the cables and it rocketed into the laptop and the computer and all the other hey, Jack, electronics. Do, do me a favor. On. Tell me about your beer situation in general and specifically. Give me the general and the specific. Okay, so I did spill two thirds of a beer on every computer that I own. Yes. Um, that happened. Mark saw it. You said you saw it in 3D. The beer was coming at you. Yeah, uh, through the webcam. It, it just splashed on the webcam. I saw it coming <laughs> at me. My my life flashed before my eyes. Yeah, about two thirds of that beer also rocketed out of the beer. I look. This is gonna this is gonna go along with my beer for these fears. But I didn't have a lot of time to pick it, and then I'd take a lime scooter back here. You were already at my house when I was deciding, so it was a little bit of a panic maneuver. And I think because it was so foamed up when I slingshotted it across the room using the mic cable, it was apt to just rock it out of the bottle. So I spilled some beer, and the beer I spilled <laughs> is a Goose Island IPA. Jack, I'm going to help you out here a second. Maybe, just maybe, the beer you picked 
is also not really subject to the laws of physics, much like most of the things in this movie. It certainly isn't. There you go. Yeah, that's that's where all that extra isn't. kinetic energy came from. Thank you. you had yeah, to test it out before that's we got a big on air. part of it. And additionally, this is a movie about a fly, and you know what else flies? Geese and Jesus beer. Geese Christ. fly and beer sometimes. Flies. Jack will make beer fly. Oh, yeah. that was bad. It was a panic maneuver, yeah. dude. I I was at D and B all fucking day just doing tequila shots and drafting. <laughs> The best fantasy team I've ever drafted. Real quick, I don't know a single player that I drafted. Who's your quarterback? Quick cue for you, Jack. Uh, Some background. The draft order for your fantasy league was decided by how many tickets you could get at Dave & Buster's in a 20-minute period. What draft order did you end up getting? Where were you in the the draft? I don't don't care who you drafted. I just want to know what order you were in. Yeah, so it's interesting. You got to so the way it worked is you got twenty bucks on a D and B card, and you got a half an hour to get as many tickets as you could. Right at the end of the half hour, however many tickets you have, that determines you get to pick your place. We're doing a snake draft, right? Yeah. So I got yes, I got sixth uh, out of how many teams? Uh, twelve total people. So you were right in the middle, right in the middle More spot to be. Interestingly, though, wait, did you got to pick where you were sixth, or you yes. finished sixth place? I got. I finished in sixth place, which means I got to pick where I was sixth. Oh, okay. Both. I ended up with Both the 12th the spot in the draft. Nobody oh. had picked 12th yet. Really? So I got to do back-to-backs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good – yeah, okay. That's the that's a good place to be. Yeah. yeah. More importantly, I directly tied with a woman named Kate, and so we had to, like, uh, sudden death tiebreaker style on that game at DMB where you have to turn off the lights that turn on, like whack-a-mole for the Ooh, that's a good century. one. That's a really good one. Yeah. I was hoping you would do the, the competitive beer pong one, but okay. It made me so tired. Who's your quarterback? What's that? Who's your quarterback? I don't know. How do you not know anyone on your team? Tequila. I bet you anything. I have the Ravens defense. I remember the Ravens defense. Oh. (laughs) I picked him in the 13th round. Well, I mean, you're going to pick any defense. Okay. Except for. We're not talking fantasy football. (laughs) This is not a fantasy football podcast. Yeah. In any case, I'm drinking Goose Island. It's perfect. Mark, what are your beers for these fears? Hey, well, so table stakes. I'm drinking a test phase IPA. I drank this a couple weeks ago for, uh, I drank this. This is the same beer I had for From Beyond, which was also definitively about science gone wrong. Uh, I feel like (laughs) I I owe more to the listeners than just drinking that same beer that I drank not four weeks ago. Was it four weeks ago? Maybe like five or six weeks ago. So I got two others that are going to join test phase with me tonight. First off, I'm drinking an Arrogant Bastard Ale. We're going to get into this a little bit later, but um, there's a few Arrogant Bastards in this movie. One specifically <laughs> is sort of like, weirdly not the bad guy of this movie. He's just a yeah. supporting character. He also ends up kind of being the hero. Yeah. <laughs> he, has a, he has a weird role. Okay, Problematic. Uh, the other, the and some descriptions for what we could call the other guy, Flesh and Blood IPA. This is also from Dogfish Head. Um, I appreciate you laying the groundwork for Dogfish Head being a nice little combo as well. Like they yeah. like they popped into a telepod together, but I got yeah. a flesh and blood IPA. It's kind of like a sour. I don't really know why they call it an IPA, but there you go. That's my three. Very, very solid. But drinking beers and watching The Fly isn't the only thing we've done in the horror world over the course of the last week. Yeah. We also had to watch some movies as a result of losing patreon votes and losing beers for fears yeah i'm on quite a losing streak here boys and i don't imagine this week is going to help my streak no yeah so uh who else wants to talk about movies they've watched as a result of is that because you haven't watched any no it is no no really it actually isn't i'll go first okay what are you betting at this point what's happening now what do you mean is there a bet there's an intro isn't there there's no bet yeah, no, I mean, we're sticking with Scatman's world. Oh, we're sticking with that. Yeah, there's no more workshop. You didn't dropping. say anything about it. There's I mean, 
Would I have ever had a chance? Okay, fine. Scatman's world. You care. could say something about it right you now. You are too enamored of Scatman's world. I do not know it's what to say. It's poisoned my brain. It's all I think Jack, about. It's a, a weird take, man. Your brain, buddy. It's a super weird take. In any case, <laughs> I yeah, I am now caught up. I watched The Exorcism of Emily Rose. This is kind of... I don't, this is a very generous, lost anything sort of... You have to watch this movie because it's a pretty decent one. Yeah, okay, it's I got a question really for good. you. Does this movie hold up? Yes. I think so. Yeah. I, I said that yeah. as as a proxy for the listener. I watched this not too long ago. It holds I think it's up. pretty good. Yeah. Uh Jack, and you and that... I watched this for a uh for a segment that didn't really pan out. Maybe No, my sister and I got too drunk to record a podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is ma- what maybe like four months ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. I was I was all psyched to talk to you guys about it and then it didn't happen. My sister likes uh whiskey as much as I do. That's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. That's a yeah. Uh, it is a good movie. It does hold up. I like its take on the possession style movie. I have not locked my lime scooter yet. Where it goes about it is kind of your courtroom drama, and then it brings into play everything that's happened. I also like the stakes of you are starting from the place of knowing that this girl has died, and then you go back through and recount all of the events that led up to that moment. It's it's a nice way to structure a movie, and it's different than what you typically see. Especially in a genre that has so many different entries, all of which are pretty much the fucking same. It's nice to see a different take. And it does it very well. There are obviously acting chops here. It's a good movie. I'm not going to talk about the Avid Brothers at all. Distressing. Distressing. I refuse. <laughs> Distressing. I refuse. Okay. Oh, yeah. I guess this is two weeks in a row that you watched a movie starring uh, whatever. I'm sorry. What's her name? Jennifer her. Carpenter. Jennifer yeah. Carpenter. That one. This yeah. is two weeks in a row. Jennifer McAvitt. McAvitt. No. Jennifer Avon? <laughs> that that catches me up on the Beers for Fears movies. So That's pretty I'm gonna, good. I'm gonna bow out temporarily. I watched one movie, which puts me just in a deficit of two at the moment. Really? Yeah. Is that it? That's it. I'm shocked. And also you're not cut up. You and I both have to watch Cujo. No, so. no you and I both oh, have to watch shit. Cujo. Okay. Well don't I didn't tell watch me my Cujo. business. <laughs> I did watch the movie Evolution, qui est une uh, film française de 2015. Um my I like phone, how my phone started talking at me. Yeah, because you it was you were so pretentious that it was like <laughs> I need to interrupt to this asshole. Are, yeah, it was. Anyway, it was a 2015 French horror movie. Uh, boys, I really fucking enjoyed this movie. Is this the like arty one with the kids and the urchins and the na- nakedness? Yep, it's uh, super arty. How naked kitty is it? Because oh, cool. No naked That's good. kids. There, I mean, there are shirtless kids. Only boys. I don't know why I said that, but there are. Sh- I mean, because there are, there are there are shirtless ten year old boys. There aren't shirtless ten year old girls. Okay, so I don't think that means naked kids. No, no, that could be. There any... are naked women. Okay, in a whole pile, I mean, it's locking eyes with a ten year old boy, which is weird. At huh. one point, I don't want to spoil the plot of this movie at all. But this movie was beautiful as all fuck. This was like stunningly well shot. The colors are super saturated. Is it an art it's just film? Really fucking cool. It's an art film. Um, okay. How long is it? Like like an hour twenty two. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Short as shit. Yeah. I believe it's uh, free on Hulu. Is that right? It is. Yes. And Hulu, at least some movies apparently, doesn't write where I had to watch like a minute and a half of ads, but then no ads during the film. Oh. Which was a cool feature. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. You yeah, front yeah, yeah. load the ads. 
But I legitimately recommend both of you watch this movie. Um, was great. Really enjoyed it. Also enjoyed the the, the plot of it and how the, all that shit developed. There is some weird as shit stuff in here. Just some weird as shit stuff. I'm not surprised by that. Yeah, but it is a really cool film. It's beautifully shot. And there, there's like 12-minute unbroken shots of just like four kids standing on a bluff where waves are crashing and like Eating shit's pie. happening. They're not doing anything. They're just standing pie. there in silhouette. Like it's, but it's eating a baguette. They're not eating anything. <laughs> okay. And I mean, the the premise of this movie, right, is it's kind of a weird secluded island where there's only young boys and their like, who they understand to be their mothers, uh, caretakers, women, and no one else exists. And that's okay. the society in which they live. And it's just like a, things progress from there. And uh, very weird movie. Really uh, cool. Okay. I would give it a shot. Especially huh. if you, I mean, if you have Hulu, there's no reason you, not to. It's everybody great. has Hulu. Yeah. At this point, pretty Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. So that's what I've got. That's the only uh, beer for fear in the Patreon realm I managed to watch. Mark, how about you? Oh, I only have, uh, I mean, technically I'm still on the hook for Cujo. Have not been able to watch it yet. So hopefully, I don't know, stay tuned next week. Or we yeah. might be doing, we might be doing HRR next week. So stay tuned two weeks from now. You guys have to watch that together anyway, so yeah. just hold, hold your hold I'm, your horses, I'm waiting mister. until Jack can watch it, and then I'm going to watch it, too. So, that's, so that's like why. a year from a year from now, you know? Yeah, well, I'll get to you sometime fucking around Christmas. far behind, you stupid asshole. <laughs> Debatable. I don't know. I'm very defensive right now. I'm so drunk, boys. Can I can I just talk about what's rocking my normal horror world? Yeah, let's uh, let's, let's transition to that, because we all have some to things there. to say yeah, here. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. so I'm going to start with, with this thing that's been rocking my horror world for the last two and a half hours, which is that I've been on hold with CenturyLink, uh, trying to figure out why my internet hasn't been working. Hey, Mark, you're on this podcast, and, you know, we do this through the internet, so how is, you know, why are you still on the call with them? Well, so, there was- That is what I was about to say. I mean, that is what I was about to say. There was a, there was a pretty big outage, I, I'm assuming- uh, so I called in, and then I wanted to see how long... And then it resolved itself after I was on the phone for about an hour or so on hold. Um, and I kind of just wanted to stay on the line and see how long it would take. And currently, I'm on uh, I'm on the phone for two and a half hours going right now. So Yeah, Mark, I know you wanted to do this bit. We've been hearing since the, the like, your call is very important to us. Please stay on the line. The Shit, listener's going to hear it. Everybody's yeah. going to hear it. It's, uh, it's not worth it. So, so, so for the record... You two can hear it because I record Skype. Here's the condenser mic we have. Uh, I don't think the listener hears the dynamic mic we have. I can guarantee you the listener can't hear shit. Science hasn't figured out how recording audio works yet. It's like magnets. No, it has, and I'm telling you that they won't be able to hear anything. You're you're not not telling me anything. I'm not sure. You're not telling me anything. Well, yeah. So two and a half hours on on hold with CenturyLink and uh, and going strong. So that's nice. Um, But the internet has been restored. So. I don't know. We'll see if they pick up during this podcast. I'll give them a piece of my mind, and I'll shake will my you? fist at them. Old man yells at Cloud. Will you actually, or will you just be like, "No, it's working"? Okay, I'll probably just fine. I'll pa- I'll probably panic and hang up. Yeah, that's that's what's that's guaranteed. What's gonna happen? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't really want to talk to him anymore because the problems resolved itself. But also, like, <laughs> come on. Hey, I have two things. Two things to say to them. One, why are you the only company that actually puts people on hold and doesn't just call people back? Like, I guarantee that's not true. If I call, well, but if I call biggest, a bunch of, though. if I yeah, if I call a bunch of the big companies now, they just and I confirmed my phone number at the beginning of this. Usually, they're just like, okay, we're gonna hang it's up like and call you're on you a when call it's your back turn. List. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Who is this? CenturyLink. CenturyLink putting mm, them on com- blast. Comcast does it too. 
Uh, and then second question, why are there only two songs when you get put on hold? <laughs> and they both last about 45 seconds, maybe? I, I, I I'm impressed that. you got two. Last time I was on hold with CenturyLink all fucking day, there was only one. There's one that's kind of like jazzy, and there's one that's just like ragtime piano. And then there's a dude that pops in and is like, your call is important to us. Please yeah, hold. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's yep. it. That the, the loop goes on for about 90 seconds, and I was, whatever. That's That was two and a half hours of being on hold, so... I probably well, heard that, been, however much that divides. So that's been rocking your horror world. That's been rocking part of my horror world. Hey, let's talk about some actual things that have been rocking my horror world. <laughs> that would be wonderful. Uh, so, first thing. Why don't we just talk about, like, adult fears and religion again for three fucking hours? Oh, yeah, we sure. got to broach some other topic. Uh, such as whether or not we're reaching the singularity with technology. I, I watched I Am Mother. Oh, Yay. This is the Netflix yes. robot sci-fi horror? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. Free on Netflix and robot sci-fi horror. This is a kid being raised by a robot mother during the apocalypse. It has like some definitive 10 Cloverfield Lane vibes of just like, don't go outside because everything's dead outside. And then, oh, someone showed up from the outside and they're not actually dead. Oh, what's going on out there? I'm, oh, I've been lied to my whole life. This is a pretty good sci-fi romp. I liked it quite a bit. Um, if you're, it's, it's certainly suspenseful, if not particularly scary is how I would say this. And vis-a-vis the con, you know, vis-a-vis our podcast. Um, so with that knowledge going in, I I think I'd give this a recommend. It's a pretty solid, like actual sci-fi thriller thing. That's awesome. Did it, at least the trailer reminded me of the Halo Top terrifying ice cream commercial, with just the robot and the old woman. There's Did it a, give you any vibes of that? There's a good dose of that, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not that. It's not just that, but it's pretty pretty good. That's it's, awesome. Yeah. There's there's some there's some robot overlord stuff to this one. Um Well, I'm really glad to hear you say this is good and watchable because like there's no reason not to watch it with it being on Netflix, apart from it being just absolutely terrible. But it's not that, it sounds like. Well, yeah, I I do feel like Netflix is kind of all over the place. We just gushed all over perfection like last week or two weeks ago, and that was another Netflix thing. But also they put shit out every once in a while that's terrible. This one was The Cloverfield Paradox, for example. Yeah, exactly. was the worst movie of 2016. 17, 18, whatever what year that movie? was. And also, what movie? I didn't the world. Also ever. It's what so movie? bad. What? I, what, the Cloverfield it, Paradox. What's wrong with you? Oh, it wasn't that bad. It was, it was so bad. No. It was I don't know. terrible. It wasn't that bad. Uh, pretty good cast, too, with Rose Byrne and uh, Hilary Swank and Clara Rugard. Rugard? Rugard? I don't know how to say her name. Rugard. Sure. Probably Rugard. <laughs> I'm sure it's a Rugard. Uh, but yeah, give that one a watch. It's The barrier to entry is low. I highly recommend it. Hey, another one. Barrier to entry to low that I do not recommend. Barrier to entry to low. Uh, Set barriers to entry to low, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> I believe this was one of Jake's tops one. Nice. Okay. Tell me all about Care it. Care to guess what it was, Jacob? Not really, no. The Possession Watch. of Hannah Grace. <laughs> Oh, oh shit, yikes. Yeah. You, can watch this, you can watch this one on Amazon Prime if you are Dude. so inclined. Did I actually, did I have the audacity to make that a top one? Or to a gerund of woman's name, you made it a top one. Huh, I might have. I don't know. It seemed like it would be, it, like, it would be like a last shift meets uh, autopsy, autopsy of Jane Doe. Could have been. It is very, it uh, so it is very autopsy of Jane Doe-y, but it doesn't have any of the cleverness and it uses CG heavily. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Uh. 
It's just, I mean, it it didn't stick with me at all. It's not intriguing. The performances are pretty flat, and like the tricks that it has in its book, don't really like do all that much. That you've seen them all before. There's this movie's not bringing anything new to the table, and it doesn't look particularly good. So I'm not huh. entirely sure why you would watch it. The yeah, scares aren't even that good. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're just sort of they're you, you would see them like a mile off. They're sort of the jump scares that are telegraphed. Basically. Yeah, all right. Yeah. And she's like herky jerky lady. Herky jerky lady and also this movie like repeatedly sets its own rules and then breaks its own rules and then sets a new set of rules and then breaks its own rules. Perfect. And the like the main lady repeatedly like I I, I don't know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things as far as like decision making goes that that leave a lot to be desired. And then also the like f- functional the the way that the demon whatever the hell I guess Hannah Grace kills people she uses the same move like four times there's like this long telekinetic don't get spoilery well whatever I'm heavily recommending people don't watch this <laughs> so he just spoiled all he wants god damn it she has one move which is that there's this like she kills people with telekinesis and she turns them into a she doesn't turn them into a cross but they do the cross pose and she just holds them there for like. 30 seconds. So there's like three or four different scenes of this movie where she just holds people aloft in this pose with their arms out and then she like breaks their back and throws them. And it, that happens way more times than is necessary. Once, fine. Three times, too many. That's dumb. <laughs> I don't like it. Wow. Yeah. Go watch Autopsy of Jane Doe. It's the same movie, but significantly That's a great better. film. That's it really is. Same yeah. Fucking hell. Absolutely. Jake, what's been rocking your horror world? I have one more, and I'm going to move through it relatively quickly so uh, we can keep things going here. I did the same thing I did last week, where last week we had watched Rex, so I watched Quarantine. Okay. This time around, last week, we watched VHS 2. So what Jennifer Carpenter movie did you watch? In uh, not quite that. I watched VHS Viral, though. Ooh, oh, shit. Jealous. Huh, don't be. Um, this movie, <laughs> this movie's bad. There's well, a re- VHS 2 was bad. No, it wasn't. It was bad. No, it wasn't, Jack. You're bad. Okay. And not in the Michael Jackson sort of way, like in the well, not good way. Jimmo. I mean, there's a few different ways that Michael Jackson is bad. Not in the Michael Jackson song sort okay. of way. Okay. okay, let's be clear about that. Nor is this movie. So this movie kind of put an end to the whole coolness that was VHS and what it had going on. I think the primary case in point is the very first short in this one. It's not. It's not even found. It's not even found footage. It's just filmed. <laughs> it is just like watching a so film. So they gave up on even that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, and they gave actually, up on a real, like a, a normal, any kind of probable frame narrative in yeah. the second one. So. so I sort of remembered that part. But to be honest with you, the reason that I went back and watched this, because I had seen it a while ago, was that I did not know that when I, I was looking through the directors of each of these, right? In this one, one of the shorts is by directors which is a a hint that i admire quite a bit i love everything that they've made justin benson and aaron scott moorhead had a short in this one holy shit was it good no it was terrible (laughs) (laughs) was it canon to all the other things they've done uh it kind of in a certain way it was deserty no their theirs was weird man i (laughs) forget was deserty it was weird it was really weird it was basically like skater this one was at least found footage it was like skaters 
high school skaters that had like paid this cameraman to film a skate film for them, but the cameraman was a weirdo who seemed to be trying to kill them via like giving them bad intel, and they'd like go off a jump and like run into oncoming traffic or some shit. So they go down to Tijuana on some whim and basically run into a cult. It sucked. It was terrible. She was a skater boy. She, she said, said, "See you see later, later, boy." See you later, boy. <laughs> he wasn't good <laughs> not a very good film. Would not recommend. Huh. Go back and go back and watch VHS one. She said, "See you later, boi." Yeah, that's all I got. Mang. Okay. She said, Wh- "See you later, boi." Boi. She sure did. Yeah. I mean, she is Canadian. <laughs> I uh, watched one other horror movie that was rocking my world. This is a. It oscillates between 2016 and 2018. From what I can tell, it was released in Ireland nope. in 2016 and released wide in 2018. That makes sense. It's weird small, to skip small a whole film. year. That seems like the small film MO, man. It's a, it is a small, low-budget film. This okay. is an Irish horror movie called Beyond the Woods. I have never heard of this. Yeah, do, I had do to tell. Do tell. Yeah, so it, I, it was a whole journey that brought me to this. I was interested in Irish folklore. I was looking for a book about Irish folklore. And it turns out a book about Irish folklore is called Beyond the Woods, a compilation of fairy tales, okay. which is like a, you know, kind of a compendium of some remastered Irish horror. An anthology, if and you will. An, an anthology, if you will. It's a fairy tale book. A lot of them are horrifying in nature. Yeah. I was trying to buy that on Amazon.com. Um, <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> and I the Googled Amazon. Beyond the Don't Woods the and right a horror. Oh, it's on fire. Don't talk to and me about it. And a horror movie showed up called yeah. Beyond the Woods. So I clicked on that. I rented it for two ninety nine, and I watched it. And uh, yeah, continue. I have no fucking idea what to think about this movie. Oh, okay. okay. Let, let's work through it. Let's work through let's, it together, Jack. Yeah. Okay. So this is, I mean, broad strokes. It's like a cabin in the woods movie, right? A group of twenty five to thirty five year olds are trying to get away from their jobs, so they go to a isolated cabin in the woods that one of them one of their parents own or whatever that there's no cell reception or no internet nothing like grid. that off the grid a weekend of recharging off the, the grid yeah, yeah absolutely it also is near a sinkhole that's a uh pit to hell um it smells really bad so they don't really go outside did they know the sinkhole's there and it's just like depressing property values or this was a surprise to them uh it was a surprise but they know it's there from the very beginning <laughs> <laughs> they talk about immediately how bad it smells all the time. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I um, love it when movies have to tell you that things smell bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, they have to tell you because you can't smell because smell-o-vision hasn't existed since the 50s. But like, uh, Mark, you go see a fucking movie in 40X and there's some smell-o-vision in there. Oh, they're still doing it? Okay, good. They are still doing smell-o-vision. I am not willing to pay an extra $15 per movie ticket to smell bad. Oh, sulfur. it is not $15. A 4DX ticket costs like 45 to $55. Oh my God. Yeah, that's too much. <laughs> they also spray you with water when characters spit. It's a whole experience. Hey, man, it's fine. It's like Bill Castle's legacy. Don't exactly. touch it on it. No, exactly. But anyway, this movie does some things brilliantly. What are those things? Tell me. So there are. Don't spoil it. I'm not going to. I'm trying really hard to parse this such that I don't spoil it, but there are. Horror aspects that are really, really well done, and one in particular I'd like to point to is there's, this isn't a spoiler for the plot, but there's a guy who goes out looking for a well, and there's like signs to a well out in the woods that are just like all in a huge fucking loop, and he just ends up going in circles for a long time, and that's played really super well. Mm -hmm. Also, the 
uh, interaction between all the characters, the acting, mm-hmm. is fan-fucking-tastic. For the most part, it's, like, believable and good, and you feel like you're there with this group of friends. There okay. are some notable outliers, but but it's pretty good. Cool. Uh, really, really cool. There are also some really just weird, bad shit in the movie, too. Like, it's clearly very low budget, and there's some stuff that just doesn't work. But they tried to do a lot of shit, and this movie is also under 90 minutes. Uh, just barely, but, like, oh, under so 90 minutes. Heart. And, uh... Man, I like I did enjoy watching it and I I'm glad that I found it, stumbled upon it, but it was a weird fucking experience. And how did you watch it? It could, like if I wanted to go watch it, if I were so inclined, could I just do it free or did you rent it? No, this? it's I it's like on Amazon to rent. I paid 2.99, I think, like unacceptable. I said. Um yeah. We don't all was... live the lawyer life like you do, Jack. <laughs> There's also the the there is a Semi slasher villain who looks like a like if a ghillie suit was spray painted black. <laughs> who so runs just a through ghillie the house suit made out point. of like old tires? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, okay. it's uh, very strange. Anyway, good movie, weird as shit. Uh, doing a lot. Yeah, and Irish accent throughout, which is something I enjoy. So that's I, what just I watch. just listen to Mark if you want that. Oh yeah, Mark's got the Irish. Mark's got the <laughs> Tracy the Chapman too. Yeah. That's the yeah. best you've ever done, actually. I liked his Tracy Chapman as an Irish woman thing. That was bizarre. <laughs> it might come back. It might come back. He's got a fast car. Ooh. It's very good. It's We've got to take it anywhere. And then it gets so much worse. It's so bad. It's, it's just bad. <laughs> That's what I've got. Is it time to go to ratings? It, it's time to go to ratings, huh? Jack's ready to skip this whole fucking thing. Oh, Jesus get, Christ. Don't get the ratings. It? Talking about a revolution sounds like a whisper. It's called the feature presentation. Well, we got to go there now. <laughs> Over at itzyhorror.com this week, we watched 20, nope, 1986's The different, Fly. Different millennium, dude. This is the Jeff Goldblum, The Fly. Yes, yeah, not the Vincent Price. The only The Fly. 30 years later. No. I know. It's not, well, it's definitively not the only The Fly. No. <laughs> this was a Jake pick yes. I've learned recently. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So, Jake, why'd you pick this thing? Uh, Jack, so many reasons. Okay. I mean, We're, Goldblum's butt <laughs> is a good one. He's bursting at the seams with reasons right now. I mean, Goldblum in one of the roles He's, he was born to play. I can't is, say the role. One of the oh roles. God, I think this. I think we're this gonna get into it. They offered it to Michael Keaton first. We're gonna get into it later. We're gonna get into all that later. Okay, Jeff Goldblum. Big reason. Big reason. He's uh, so sexy. The this is in my. I don't want to ratings spoilers. Perfect example of what body horror should be. This reason. is what it is. Yep. Just great practical effects aside from body horror, not body horror. Awesome. Perfect example of Cronenberg as well. Loved it. We hadn't reviewed it. Needed to do it. Absolutely. Now, the reason I got confused, I think, Mark, you watched this not too long ago as part of your, like, movies I should have seen but haven't yet. That is correct. Real quick, side note, Jack, you are about to knock over your beer with your microphone wire that you keep shaking around. Thank you. Thank Uh, you. uh, (laughs) But, yeah, I had had not seen this one until sometime last year, and my New Year's resolution from 2018 was to fill in some of those blind spots. So I revisited this one, and I was happy that I did. And then I was happy that it was picked again because I wanted to revisit it. So you've seen this like twice in quick succession, but none before 2019. Never yeah, before well, 2019. Well, yeah. 2018. Like 2018. Sure. 2018. Exactly. Yeah, all right. Jake, Jake me. Safe yeah. to say you've seen this before. Yeah, a couple times. Yeah. This is probably third. I don't know. Yeah, this is probably third or fourth for me, too. I watched this with my dad when I was like 
I don't know, 13, 14? Yikes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Woof. Have you guys seen the Vincent Price one? Yes. Yes. Should I see it before next week? Well, I mean, we're going to do it. Do the next thing. Week. Ah, do the thing I've been doing, man. Well, yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm thinking. So yeah, just you, should, you should, you should see absolutely movie. watch it. It's, it's worth a classic. Watching. Yeah, you should 100%. watch it. Yeah, okay, it's a great cool. movie. Yeah, it's cool, like cool. not really comparable to this version of the. Well, film. they're very different, they're, but they're they're, they're they're both very good. Yes, absolutely. Rating spoilers again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> God. In any case, Jake, you picked this movie. Yeah, and you know what that means. So you're gonna have to give us a 30 second plot synopsis. Hopefully, you can do better than the three of us last week. Took us. It couldn't be. I hard. mean, four tries. It might take me that many tries to do it myself. No, you get know. one. 30 seconds around the goddamn plot. Clock. Did you say plot? Yes. <laughs> the, the plot's going to start Words. when you start. Go. Jeff Goldblum plays Dr. Brundle. He's an eccentric kind of shut-in scientist. He meets Gina Davis's character, Ronnie, and he flaunts his teleportation machine, shows her uh, all the things he can do by teleporting her pantyhose and whatnot. Eventually, he learns how to uh, transport humanity does it to himself and then he just starts turning into a fly and deteriorating until eventually he dies also she's pregnant <laughs> you got Time? another eight seconds i have another eight seconds wow practical Three effects now. I was so thrown off by last week's six seconds thing time. that I had no concept of time. <laughs> I was like, it has to be over. It has to be over. That throws you off hard, man. Yeah, Try doing a six-second plus synopsis, Christ. and then the next time it's 30. It feels it's like not eons. so long. <laughs> I, we need to get you guys some type of clock, like a, like a, like a basketball home game clock thing. Oh, a shot buzzes. clock? Yeah, that's, one of those. That's, that's the next Patreon thing. We'll put a shot clock right there. That's our first tier goal, right? Oh yeah, we'll get a shot clock. It'll be great. Yeah, and then a, and then the second tier goal will be a, a some sort of a camera right there to look at us looking at the shot clock. Okay, that was shockingly difficult because I paced that shit out like it was sort of a six second. <laughs> well, I mean, I covered the beats. You did cover the beats. Yeah, I, I even had the I mean, time to talk about flaunting his time or t- did I say time machine during that? No. Okay, good teleportation machines with pantyhose. Yeah, and then he like I didn't I almost. For- I, I, I needed to tread lightly because I almost got into talking about how he discovers how to transport living organisms via steak. I mean, you said humanity. You said he figures out how to transport humanity. <laughs> All of humanity at weird. once. <laughs> the concepts, the it's ideas. It's not wrong, but it's also definitely not right. Yeah, it's exactly. fine. I mean, are we yeah. really going for right in a 30-second no, plot synopsis? Never. Exactly. We're going for entertainment, <laughs> Mark. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I'm going for right. <laughs> Shut up. How about that? Woof. What do you want? I mean, me? good job. Thanks. Yeah. I don't know. She had a dream sequence where they pulled a fucking maggot out of her. It was gross. For the record. That's a good scene. We're going to talk about it. She turned a baboon inside she's out. It was gross. Unambiguously pregnant. Yes, she is. She is. Okay. You said she may or may not but be pregnant. But that was, again, the 30 seconds and the six seconds coalescing into I don't know what to do. And there was like the dream Merging sequence. Merging in a teleportation unit. Yeah. So it's like you. you you teleported a six-second plot synopsis and a 30-second plot synopsis together, and you came up with a 22-second plot synopsis. <laughs> that's basically <laughs> yes, what happened. That's exactly. So basically, that is this is the perfect incredibly meta, and I would have liked it a lot more had you done it intentionally. <laughs> uh, I did, Mark. I did. Don't okay. worry about it. All right, boys. Time for our famous sub-segment. What in the fuck sub genres before does this fit into besides body, body horror? horror body I'm horror. I got, I got, I got a body, body, body horror. No, it's I got fine. It. I took it. I, no, took I, took, it. I said before you did. Yeah, it's, sci- sci-fi. it's definitely sci-fi. It's uh, also it's classic. It's not really all that sci-fi, but okay. Mark, are you actually questioning it? This is sci-fi? I, questions okay, sci-fi. I, I think there needs to be a test in place for sci-fi. I am willing to give you this one as sci-fi because, like, it's a substantial because it's amount sci-fi. of it's is sci-fi. dedicated to sci-fi. 
But okay, you like the science. Traditionally, sci-fi needs to be set in a world that isn't reliant upon, like, or I'm sorry, that is reliant upon sci-fi. Like, if you take the telepods out of this, then it's that's not the sci-fi. stupidest thing I've ever heard. Mark well, is only have up. you listened to yourself talk recently? <laughs> sci-fi needs to be set in a world that's reliant upon sci-fi. Yes. Exactly. Is that, is that the definition of hard sci-fi? What's hard sci-fi? Okay, yeah, maybe that. Maybe okay. Fine. Hard now sci-fi is. Is that where the science this is, is this like is really soft science? Sci-fi, yes, exactly. Hard the Martian sci-fi is hard something sci-fi. like Blade Runner. Yes. Okay. Sci-fi can be sci-fi. You just don't like the science in some sci-fi. <laughs> so this is soft sci-fi. It's. Sure, I don't give a shit. It's sci-fi. This okay. is sci-fi. Okay. We've it's said also, it so many times that it's beginning to lose meaning. It's also sort of. Is it? Is it? Is it foreign? Or is Cronenberg just foreign? It's not foreign. This I mean, it was filmed foreign. in Ontario, but... You're right. That's basically U.S. It was released on the Fox Network in the United States. We'll talk about that. Will it's we? weird. That means oh, slightly yeah. different thing in 86 than it does now. Barely. Eh. Barely. Sonny comes out on the own Fox Networks. Yes. And? This is a film. A nudity-laden, distressing film. Oh, whatever. That was dude. released on Fox on television. I mean, there's butts and side boob. It's not nudity laden. It's not nudity laden. Oh man, any Goldblum butt is nudity laden. There's a lot of thrusting. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so much thrusting. <laughs> any any butt is nudity laden. I like that as a standard. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Mormon standard, bro. Butt ergo nudity. Let's. That's a great transition to what this movie does right. Besides Goldblum butt, because look, I'm going to talk about. How that. about Goldblum as a whole? He's so fucking sexy. As a whole. And and without this movie, never would have been casted as the sexy guy in Jurassic Park. It's it's jarring to see him as young as he is in this movie. It's very distressing. It's not distressing. It's it's refreshing, if anything. But like literally the opening scene, this is actually gonna dovetail nicely into my the first point I wanted to make. The opening scene where they choose to open up from the like the weird credit sequence that they have to just him explaining his research like bright eyed and bushy tailed to Gina Davis is Really enthusiastic and fun and like nice and energetic and I liked it so much. I mean, we not too long ago awesome. watched a movie starring a younger Goldblum. What did we? Invasion of the Body Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. How much younger oh, was he? True, what year yeah. was that? Eighty four. Two years uh, younger. I think. It's basically the same. Yeah. But he's. I mean, he's like. He's pretty secondary in that one. Yes. Yeah. This he's, is his role. Yeah. Yeah. Th- exactly. This is the role Jeff Goldblum was born to play. This <laughs> and Ruxin's dad on the league. No. No, okay, no, no. This is his role. This is his legacy. This the is, role he was. Yeah. The role he was born to play was an Independence Day, but this is his role. No, this is he's much more fit for this role. This is his Which, role. This is both peak Cronenberg uh, and peak Goldblum. One hundred percent. And this role was supposed to go to fucking Michael Keaton, who that passed would not on worked. it. That would have been so bad. Can you imagine his buggy eyes Holy just going sh- to town? Well, buggy eyes would have worked. Yeah, it'd be it'd be I, less sincere. I like way. Michael Keaton. He would have done fine. I do too. I cannot fathom this movie existing without Goldblum. Yeah, me and that either. in and of itself is what the movie does right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I think it is exactly. It's what he is as an actor. It's his his uh, sincerity. It's his nervous energy. It's his enthusiasm. All of that plays really his well. Weird for twitchiness. What, yeah. For what? It's exactly that. For what this character needs to be, yeah. and it comes across perfectly. Throughout the entire it's captured of the film. so well. So yeah. so here's here's what I was getting at earlier. The the movie follows the like disposition of 
Goldblum's character, he plays it extremely well, and I think Cronenberg also directs it well. So in the first roughly half of the movie, he's like very enthusiastic about his research, and we'll talk about how he goes about his research in a later segment. But like his general, <laughs> his general like just happiness around the things he's doing makes the film like really fun and nice to watch. And then as things start to shift and his personality changes, so too does the personality of the movie itself. And I think they do a great job of capturing that energy change. And they, that's what makes like the, the end of the movie, well, really like the middle of the movie, so impactful for me. Absolutely. Mark, you, you, you hit the nail on the head there, and it works so well because some of the humanity and some of the humor and some of the gold bloom is still there. Right when he's like halfway through the transition, yeah, he's still cracking jokes and they're still funny. Yeah, and so it gets really dark for a second, and then like the fourth time she comes back, he's back to being happy about the fact that he's a mutant, and he's just like, "Look, I've gotten really good at walking on the ceiling." <laughs> it's like, "Oh yeah, this, this is Jeff Goldblum. I get it. He's kind of fun." Uh, and then he goes back to being dark, but I like that the fact that they, there's like this little like bump in the in the in the darkness level where it's just back to him joking around about being a mutant is is so nice. It's like as the movie goes, or as let's see how, how to say this, how, as Brundlefly goes, so too does the feeling of the movie. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Br- I mean, even him calling himself Brundlefly is great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Allowing your your new species to be named by a computer that's just barely able to parse English. Well, I think he calls himself Brundlefly. I well, no, it doesn't. That come from? I thought the first time that that that, that was shown was when he's like, if subject two is, or if subject one and subject two are combined, then what is subject three or whatever? I think like the first time co- I think the first time it comes up is when he says when he gets Gina Davis to come back and he says I've been calling it Brundlefly. Well, regardless, he owns oh. it. Yeah, and that's okay, that's fine, good. That's good enough. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. Yeah, a lot. That's that is the most like stereotypical like pure scientist caricature ever of just like oh, I made a new thing and it's me and I'm combined with another mutant. Right, Hooray. and even even if it sucks, it's worthy of a few Nobel prizes, right? <laughs> yeah. He says that it's awesome. <laughs> exactly, he's he's perfect. I mean, uh, and to go this back is to his role, just, he's so. Dreamy. And the other acting he's is so fantastic dreamy. too. Gina Davis does a great job. There is one point where I don't like her screams, but like she does a very like believable job being like i found myself in this situation i love this guy and now holy fuck it's a hell of a situation to be in yeah we'll we'll talk a little bit about the gender dynamics of this in a little bit but yes gina davis and her character are both very well done in this movie character probably less so gina davis does a phenomenal job i love her in the scene where she gives birth to the maggot it's so good it's that scene is really, really good, man. That, that yeah. whole, yeah, that whole dream sequence is pretty gnarly. Yeah. Hey, boys, I have a question for you. Yeah. How long are we going to let the segment go before we talk about the effects and the practical effects? Well, probably roughly as long as we have because you've already brought it up and now we're going to start talking about it. Yeah, the practical effects. This is this is it. This, this is, is it. one of them. I mean, this and the thing for me are the '80s movies with the. Practical well, I mean, effects. yeah, that's t- this is what the movie does right. Prime. Yes. Honestly, this is the main thing. If you had to pick one, which one would you pick? It's this. Effects yeah, okay. wise only, I think I picked yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, okay, so. Yeah, no, I'm in agreement. I thought that was going to be a hot take, but okay, cool. We're all, no, we, so, we're all on the same page. Well, I mean, yeah, I, this is why. I, the special effects, you got to you got to name names here because it's so transcendent. Chris Wallace, I think it's Wallace. He did Gremlins, Return of the Jedi, Piranha. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Before, before this shit, right? Yeah. You had him, 
Stephen Dupuis. He did Scanners, RoboCop before this, went on to do a lot of other stuff, 300, et cetera, et cetera. They won a fucking Academy Award for this, makeup this for this This is one movie. of the few horror and, movies that's won an Oscar. And we know what the Academy thinks of horror movies. And then look at what they look at the type of makeup they were doing. For that to win an Academy Award is mind-blowing. But it goes to show when you have an uphill battle to climb as a horror film, how much extra work they had to go through so, to get to that nod. He has that's said, awesome. right? Chris Wallace, or Wallace, however you want to say it, yeah, it's hard. has said Wallace. he thinks he got the Academy Award because Cronenberg chose, like, after the movie fades to black, the first name that comes up in the credits yes. is his name in effects. Uh, that's is Chris Wallace, Inc., eh. and he thinks that's why he won. That'd but be a stupid thing. The Academy it would. But the Academy is very stupid. <laughs> well, apparently. <laughs> That's like the ultimate insult to the Academy. They wouldn't read past the first name anyway. <laughs> he sends them wouldn't. like flashcards with just his name on it. Yeah. yeah. It is an unbelievable tour de force it's practical effect. So fucking good. And it's also this guy has developed so much cool shit over so many movies. Yeah. And he took those and developed them and didn't want to do the same thing for this movie, right? So the the biggest like apocryphal story from this is he wanted the he figured out how to do the face melting from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh-huh. Right? And so when I mean it they yeah. They right, borrow the eye melt one hundred percent. And when when uh Jeff Goldblum vomits bile or whatever, digestive enzyme. Molecular the, acid. Molecular enzymes, acid. Jack. Yeah, molec- about, it's molecular let's acid. Let's talk about enzymes. It's molecular acid and enzymes. Uh, when he vomits <laughs> that on enzymes. the dickhead's hands. <laughs> they melt away. He didn't want it to be exactly the same as Raiders of the Lost Ark, but he used the same effect, but developed it and developed a thing that expanded from the inside of it to push out the shit that was already melting away with the heat gun. Like it wasn't. And then when uh, the other time they used it is when they turn, he turns into the final form of the fly yep. uh, and it doesn't quite melt away it expands outward and he didn't just want to use like airbags and bladders like he'd done before he yeah. developed everything for this movie and this is i mean it's perfect practical effects the hand melting scene is like excruciatingly slow you're I, in in retrospect i had thought that it took like it was like instantaneous where it was like molecular acid just melted right through it's not it takes a substantial amount of time. A long time. Yeah, so it's it is very brutal. Um, and, I mean, this will come up later, but it, what it chooses to melt and not melt is very indiscriminate. But that's fine. Well, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have a few nitpicks with this one, I expect. But um, I mean, eh. in general, pr- still pretty good. I I'd like to take a moment to highlight all of the rest of the effects in the movie. We can talk all we want about the practical because this is incredible. But also, are you? What? Are you about to get to Howard Shore's big pendulous nuts? <laughs> I actually was not going to go there. Dark, purple, and pendulous. <laughs> Heavy, black, and pendulous. <laughs> it's a rock okay. picture show. Okay, well, you can continue. i just like to mention that Howard Shore on the, on the music was not a bad thing. So there's a few things that I wanted to highlight here, which were, A, the... Uh... <laughs> he totally ignores me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what you're saying most of the time. It made perfect sense, Mark. Uh, the the uh, the the makeup Swinging in the middle sack. of the transition. We already we we talked about like the creature at the end, but the creature in transition and like putting all of that shit on Goldblum and making it like effective enough that it'll like he can move around the set and do all this other shit and it still looks good and creates like the actual illusion that it's on him. All yeah. of the things that happen look like the 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 makeup looks very effective here. 
to me, the most effective makeup is before there's any transition. When he, when she, Gina Davis tells him, like, you look bad. And it's still Jeff Goldblum, but like when his it's just face like his, is... It's just like the sores on his face? Yeah, yeah and he, he just has like some, yeah, not, he has some blights. Bad. and then bad, like, yeah. They're focusing... Well, what I like shit. about that a lot is also the way it's it's told in the story. Because like she, she's kind of focusing on like you got like these weird hairs on the on your back, right? Also But his prop? face has like the pock marks on it, and you're like, Ugh. it's more than that, babe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's told in multiple like, and then the next scene he's a little bit worse, and the next scene he's a little bit worse. So the the gradual like timeline that the makeup department goes through is great. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But and, and then the other effects too, right? Like when he snaps that dude's wrist in the arm wrestling contest, like that yeah. looks gnarly as all fucking hell. <laughs> or when he pulls off his fingernails, also really oh, good. Oh yeah, if you don't like fingernails, if you don't like that is the stuff. scariest scene in the movie. Uh, my wife like fucking stuff. hates anything having to do with fingernails. She always leaves the room when that shit and, happens. And look, that scene is iconic horror, right? I mean, District 9 has that, like all shitload of stuff follows not just the fingernail thing, but like that, the exact setup of that scene and the framing of that scene. Yeah. They evoke it. Yeah, they do both the fingernail thing and the tooth thing, so they have their bases covered here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they don't have an eye thing. Uh, no, totally agreed. It's a good thing to actually call out the part of this that was makeup, Mark. I mean, by the later stages of where it was still Goldblum, it was like five hours a day, and he was wearing five pounds of makeup and prosthetics or something. That's pretty hefty We should an also entire day. We should also probably just highlight the props department, too, because they did a pretty good job for this one. It's, it's mostly like big stationary things, but I still like the monuments of like the telepods. And the computer stations and all the shit oh, that's it's, just in the background. It's it's perfectly 80s. Well, and if the trivia is to be believed, like the guy who was running the fly puppet at the very end, like yeah. when he's, he was saying, like, I can't move, right? I'm there stuck under the floor moving this puppet. And people, like, just to fuck with me, were, like, lighting fires near me and, like, pouring out shit near me just to fuck with me. It's like, what the fuck? What? Yeah, just because it was, like, fun for them to do on set. Sounds like he was an intern. Nope. Sounds like he was a nerd getting bullied. Yeah. <laughs> Bash some nerds. Get, <laughs> get bowed, bowed up. up. <laughs> it's like you take your friends, you put them in a cage, and you shoot silly string at them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. This is what life was like back in the 80s. Okay. Effects aside, what else the movie do right? I love the acrobatic scene. <laughs> this, uh, yeah. <laughs> so so here's here's why I'm bringing this up. I, it's, I don't think we ever generally just talk about individual scenes, but I will highlight this one and the arm wrestling scene, which you guys just mentioned a second and, ago. And the dream scene. I mean, you well, no, 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 for a specific reason. The acrobatic oh. scene and the arm wrestling scene together form brilliant expository writing that is subtle. Yes, this is great exposition. This is telling. This is showing you what's Uh-oh, happening Jack, instead we've of hit, telling We've you. hit your mark. Yes. Okay. And in a movie that also has fucking god-awful exposition, this does it perfectly. <laughs> and, it, yeah, okay. I mean, it's... It, look, it's a little on the nose. I don't think you'd wake up out of bed and just be like, I'm going to do some weird fucking transitional handstand push-up things and then swing around a bunch on a water pipe, but, like... <laughs> Also, that's significantly better than him rolling out of bed and being like, "Honey, I think I, I feel I'm like strong now, right now. I'm right? so yeah. strong." Or like all the Spider-Man movies do it, which is like him looking at himself in a mirror, like, "Oh, hey, I have muscles now." Yeah, exactly. He's just like he. Does, I, I I guess it's kind of left ambiguous, but I'm not sure he even knows she's there. He's just trying to like figure this out for himself, 
and all of a sudden he realizes he can get himself up into a handstand in his chair from sitting position. Yeah. No, I like the exposition. I didn't quite have it in what it does right because of how obvious it is that it's not like the cuts are so painfully bad between <laughs> not Jeff Goldblum doing the acrobatics and Jeff Goldblum landing. It's like but... Danny DeVito in Lethal Weapon 6. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean... There's some there's some issues there. I thought they edited around it like well enough, but if you're looking, sure. I mean, you can tell. <laughs> some of that is Goldblum. I'm pretty sure it's not the not the impressive parts, but <laughs> yes, dude, he he's a bit of a unit. Like, he he's he pretty can... built in this. Like he's yeah, he's a he's pretty cut. He's like yeah. six. He's like six four and muscular. He's sexy so as fuck. He's live. He can get he's to the lie. point where you'd bring in the gymnast. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. One thing I'd be very curious that I've never really gotten a good idea of from watching like youtube videos or documentaries about film or anything like that like i want to see them shoot 25 takes of someone like the the take they need of jeff goldblum like landing from the handspring or whatever <laughs> right. where he's just like jumping right. forward like six inches and then landing like he just jumped off of a water pipe right exactly yeah and like oh also, no do it again do it again do it again more more oomph this was going to come later, but it's not a water pipe because it's 10 feet off the fucking ceiling. It's just a random, really heavy, sturdy pipe. It might have been made for, like, I don't know, hanging curtains from. It was made for nothing. He lives in an industrial loft. I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, Yeah, curtains in the middle of the oh, room. Oh, yeah, no, you could have been. You could have, like, hung. Curtains uh, lateral to the window. Privacy you know. separators, Jack. Yeah, exactly. No, also, I'm gonna like... I'm gonna lean into the water pipe thing because I do need it as a as a point for a nitpick that I have later. <laughs> <laughs> well, I already disagree with that nitpick. Oh, okay, fine. I'll scratch it from my list. <laughs> um, look, I didn't have a lot of else it does right. We no, I think we, we've hit ones. the high points. Uh, yeah, points. I mean, the only other thing that I would say is this movie packs a lot more emotional punch than you would expect about a movie where a dude kind of fuses with a fly. Like, a, it's a guy, and he teleports and gets caught up with a fly, and he turns into a fly. Like The relationships are complex. Well, the relationships... Uh, <laughs> the relationships I'm, are complex, Don. I'm talking more about Goldblum in particular, and this is getting back to what he does right, but realistically, like... He, his transition from excitement to fear is it's kind of a gut punch and then what you see with that's where Gina Gina's character steps in right. and she does an amazing job because she is in the middle of this situation that is fucked right and yeah. she really carries it through to the end but i i think that the way they built that and the emotional punch they were able to get out of a movie that's kind of silly if you give it the i don't know 22 second plot synopsis or whatever is pretty commendable <laughs> or whatever and, and honestly like if you go back and watch the Vincent Price version it does the same thing and i haven't read the short story don't talk to me jack i'm assuming it does a pretty good job and they just borrow from it so the, i i'll say that the scene where jeff goldblum brundle whatever seth brundle first figures out the reason he's changing where he's you know he he's doing all the diagnostics or whatever and he finds out that there was a fly in the chamber with him he's playing off of just i mean jeff goldblum himself is playing off of literally nothing in the movie he's playing off of a computer screen the the emotional weight that that scene carries and like the way he he's realizing like oh i fucked myself over here this is going to kill me this is going to be the yeah. end of me is yeah kind of like this incredible moment of realization of mortality where the previous, I don't know, 15 minutes or so has been him thinking that he's basically immortal. Yeah, and not to get too philosophical, but then you have 
the rest of what this movie is and it could be cancer it could be any it could be old age it could be anything but it's about having that humanity stripped away from you and it's pretty crazy 100% and it's it's embodied in that scene when he's talking to Gina Davis after the four weeks have elapsed right and he's saying like this is it for me it's just gonna continue until I die like I'm gonna fade away yeah it's heavy but then you like how his mind goes, and then he's all just survival. And he's okay and... again, right? Then he's, hey, this isn't so bad. I'm crawling well, on the then walls. He, then he, well, but then he's just trying to survive, and he's right. going to do it in any way, shape, or form. That's going to take us to what the movie does middle. Yeah, the exposition. Okay. Sometimes they do it very, very well, but there is a very large chunk of this movie that's just Jeff Goldblum inexplicably typing if then answer questions into his computer <laughs> and his computer giving him weirdly specific, an- sometimes no answer, sometimes a vague answer. And sometimes the answer is a microscopic picture of a fly that zooms out to a, I don't know, a heat like signature a picture of a fly. Like it's, yeah. ins- I don't, it makes no fucking sense. I'm then- glad you're bringing this up. Cause I had the exact same thing written down, which is that this, the technology in this movie is so phenomenally interesting like they have this bank of crt televisions that are apparently the control panel for this thing and they just like it's so quaint to go back and look at what they thought technology like how computers worked back in the day like they get it right where they're like computers only know what we teach them that's correct but then also they're able to engage in this like logical battle of wits of sorts with right. with Brundle. It's also yeah. It's it's clearly a director who understood a little bit about computers, right? Enough to figure out like here's how programming language works. But then the way he applied that to film was it has to be if then statements. It has to be if subject <laughs> one is Brundle, what's subject two? A fly. Okay. If subject two is a fly, where did it go? And it's like why? No, you wouldn't have to phrase it like that. What are you talking about? Right. Ex- exactly. It's it's like. You, you're almost there. You're like 90% of the way to it's understanding so how this process works. Close. And the it, other 10%, you got so wrong. <laughs> woefully wrong. I just kind of took that as them trying to be cute a little bit. I don't, I don't know, man. Is, that type is of understanding also middle, of, for the record. Yeah. Regardless sure. of what they were yeah. doing, it's middle. Yeah. Well, how are they trying? Yeah. 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 I just had it for a different reason. I was like, oh, that's so cute. Bastards. <laughs> The other thing I had for Does Middle is the fact that this was released on network television. So, okay, I, yeah, I didn't know any of this. Please give me the, the whole download because I uh, this is new to me. Yeah, so, I mean, apparently the first time this movie was released was on the Fox network. Just, like, as a movie. Here it is. And it did come out in theaters, but, like, a few months later. And I oh, think that... That's interesting. It comes through... I don't know that I like thought about this before I knew that, so maybe maybe it isn't as clear, but there are scenes where it's obvious that it's for the TV version of the movie, right? There's cut to there there's like fade to black yeah. and then fade back in and Gina Davis says like, "Hey Seth, it's been 4 weeks. Where have you been?" It's like, "Okay, there was clearly a commercial break there." That's interesting. <laughs> so I I like I said I had never heard that before. And I didn't watch it with that eye, and I didn't notice that. Now that I, now that you've said this, next time I watch it, I'm gonna have that in my mind. I'll, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stay tuned. Two years from now, when I go back and rewatch this, I'll let you know what I think. But even beyond those kind of breaks, I think. I mean, the 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 the, the ob- most obvious one to me is Gina Davis saying, "It's been four weeks. Where have you been?" Like those kind of cuts are are indicative of the poor exposition that sometimes happens in this movie. 
Huh. Okay. Did you have a take on the whole Fox Network thing from earlier, or was that just you butchering your words? Seems like you were getting at something uh, earlier in the podcast <laughs> regarding Fox releases. No, I have nothing specific on the Fox Network. Okay. I mean, I got a lot to say about the Fox Network if you'd like to hear it, but <laughs> it won't is, be fun. This isn't going to be the A to Z Horror <laughs> Media Hour. We're not doing yeah, that. Exactly. We're not doing if that. If you're just tuning in, this is on our media. <laughs> hey, that's a good... It's a little pretentious, but I like that show. I love that fucking show. <laughs> uh, we past it. Anything we're else? Past it. Take us to what the movie does wrong? I have nothing else middle. Okay, I don't either. Oh, go. We're moving on to what the movie does wrong. Okay. Hey, um, you, you nerds talk about science. Go. It Honestly, this isn't even... This is all nitpicks for me. The science, to me, doesn't approach what it does wrong. I had it all in does wrong. Uh, there are nitpicks that go. I have as well, but... Go. The, okay, so this... The, I could see how this is dancing on the line of does wrong versus nitpicks, but also I did make a bulleted list of what the movie does wrong regarding science. So I can I can wait until Nits pick. If I, want. Yeah, why do we use that as the transition, Jake? What was yours does, does wrong? Does it, why do we do that? Well, even for me, I as a non scientific individual, him having an epiphany post coitus about how to transport a living organism via steak. That's, that's when I do I'm my, my best work. Really, I like that Jack and I went for the exact same joke. <laughs> exactly <laughs> really? the same. I I. Is have. when you're thinking about steak. I have post. <laughs> well, you've already you've already said up one of your most primal and edited a brief. Okay, you want to know what's an escalation past nitpick? Don't ever cook steak that way, you bastard. In pan a, fried in a and butter? Pan? Don't do that. What the? Why not? No, don't do Fuck that. You flank steak is great. Pan fried and butter. That was I not agree. flank steak. But any kind that, no, that was like that was actually like a legit like T-bone. <laughs> don't well, do it that wasn't a T-bone. T-bone. It wasn't no. a T-bone, but it was a big old steak. Don't do that to that that cut. I can I will grant you flank steak. That's fine. Look, that's gonna give it a little more juice actually. But don't do pan that. Pan cooking steak. and butter is fine, man. Yeah. It's you fine. Do it right, it's not, you gotta it's do not it right. It's, yeah, it's hard to get the good. outside seared and the inside all the way cooked. And not many people will do it. It's hard to now, do. Don't don't yeah, don't, don't turn the what but the movie does wrong not, back on me. Not, don't make this a criticism. Don't say just don't do it. Do it. Just do it right. There's like maybe I don't know a very small fraction of people that can do that correctly. He's not one of them. I guarantee that. He wears the same clothes every day, dude. He he's just he's like Steve Jobs. Uh, yeah, that's right. I actually had that as a neat pick that he he like he was pre Steve Jobs for multiple decades. Exactly. Yeah. I kind of wonder if Steve Jobs watched this movie and was like, "Oh, that's a good idea." I'm he sure. was he was <laughs> proto Elizabeth Holmes. Okay. I did not think we don't that need was... to get into that. <laughs> I did not Fucking think that uh, I was our generation Steve Jobs for my what the movie does wrong. <laughs> Is that all you had? That's that's the only thing you didn't have the anything steak else? thing. Ah, uh, everything else is listed under nitpicks. So. <laughs> you didn't have anything maybe maybe pertaining to like gender politics or anything like that. Uh, maybe maybe the lady's boss like is showering in her apartment and it's treated like normal. And how Gina I mean, no, Davis it wasn't character. treated like normal. There was a whole dialogue about how it wasn't normal and how he was just a creep. But it was also okay. And then she ended up with him because she's only she's given the choice between a monster and a pervert. And, like, <laughs> yeah. So that what I had written down for this part was like it's weird. This movie is definitively a time capsule 
of gender politics. I am that, not like, willing. Yeah, I'm not willing to talk about something that a movie does wrong based on when it was made. Like to go back and be like, they did something wrong through my lens of 2019 is kind of fucking pretentious. So. so what's what's funny about this one is like, look, definitively, a lot of the sh- there are there is so much skeezy bullshit happening. The the, yeah, the guy, whatever is. her boss's name is, he is a fucking. I'm just going to plug my own. Chode. He is an arrogant bastard and he like <laughs> does everything in his ro- in his world to fuck her life up so that he she will sleep with him. He's which a chode. Is weird. But also like there's also the scene where Seth is in the bar and is like I'm going to take you home and she's like what? I can't be bought and then he immediately wins the Actually that was the worst one. And then so he bad. wins the arm yeah. wrestling competition. She's like then it has the whole thing where it's like he's already done the fly thing and he has no more inhibitions and he's a dick because he's like thinking like a that's not the problem with that scene though his behavior is follows the narrative of the plot but the woman's the the writing of that woman's character oh i see exactly the problem exactly there. where she's just like i guess i'll go yeah i yeah. oh you won the arm wrestling competition i was protesting before but i i'm bound you did yeah. win the arm wrestling it's not even it's not even that she's like she protests at first, and then she's fully enthusiastic about it in the later scene, in the next scene. Yeah. So and, it, and in a weird he way, he also he doesn't he doesn't like win, and then they leave. He's holding his arms up, like nobody look at me. Yeah, I snapped his arm in half. Not my fucking fault. I'm gonna back away slowly. I'm gonna grab this woman to drag her with me. He could have literally killed that guy had he severed the like radial artery. He or probably did. He, he yeah. I mean, highly likely that guy is either dead. Or severely handicapped and probably lost his hand. But and Mark, all of that aside, you know a, a little weird... something about this. When you're really drunk, you bleed a whole lot more. It's a. Uh, I'm aware of that. I dropped a <laughs> pie tin on my foot once. <laughs> it was a yep. glass pie tin, which shattered tin. everywhere and shot a piece of glass into what I assume was an artery in my foot. Yep. Uh, that's a story for another time. Anyways, Meanwhile, our buddy what? Zachary was trying to do front flips on a cement driveway and hurt his back. <laughs> If I night. hurt you, or mean you mean removed all skin from? Yeah, he yes. removed all the skin from his back. Good for him. He was doing it shirtless. I mean, if that wasn't implied. And by backflips, you mean aerials, and by aerials, you mean flinging himself into the ground. <laughs> That's yes. Okay. To to we bring this on. back to to what I intended for this conversation. No, I'd like to talk more about parties that happened in 2008. <laughs> oh God, it was so long ago. I believe that was was that. Oh, anyways, doesn't matter. Shut up. <laughs> It's weird. This movie like understands what's wrong because they're doing those things specifically to make them seem like bad guys. They make the boss seem like a bad guy by putting him in the apartment and having him shower uninvited or whatever. They make Brundle look like a bad guy by doing this, going into a bar and like buying this lady. But also then they immediately flip flop and be like, but it's all okay. So it's such a weird like combination of time capsule that was like woke at the time but is now like weird and opposite it's i don't know it's just fucking it's it's wrong it's definitely what the movie does wrong uh, it gets into a territory that i can't comment on like i was saying yeah it's it's, it's so difficult to go back and look at something from back then and be like you're wrong i mean it's absolutely but but they knew they were wrong that's the thing that i can't get past in this is they knew that they were setting that they wrote those scenes to set them up as the bad guy yes and then they still wrote all of the characters in the later scenes to like go along with them as though they were fine. But maybe that's the part where time is losing our ability to follow it. I, that's right. Hard so they were they were like woke, but 
1980s woke. I yeah, I don't know. And there, there's also <laughs> complexity to those relationships too, right? Like people go back to someone who does the wrong thing and like want to help people it who are all the time, tra- yeah. It's, so there and that complexity is believable, maybe through Gina Davis's performance. And how have we not talked about how she was almost an Olympic athlete? That's most of what I think. Have we not about. talked about the Be Afraid, Be Very Afraid came from this movie yet? Yeah. That's a neat pick. We're getting That's to the station already. So There's not a lot that this does rat. objectively it, long. I got nothing else that does whistle. wrong. Mark? We already said that mine's going to be a uh, transition, so I'm going to go first, but I'm going to go ahead and blow the whistle. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about science, baby. <laughs> Let's talk about you and me. You and me, me baby. <laughs> uh, okay, so first question. What does it do with all the flora in your gut that has a different genetic code from you? So that's the biggest thing, right? The what about all your mitochondrial and viruses DNA? and everything? Everything, and everything that's everything not your the skin, you part of you? The yeah. mites in your eyebrows, like everything that exists on you. It doesn't it, just... What we're saying is this did not need a housefly to be in that chamber with him. Right. He was literally a fucked up mess. Millions of things were in there with him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now, granted, the genetic code wasn't sequenced until, like, well after this movie, but still, I, I mean, I feel like you knew all of those things at this time. Yeah. Oh, uh, we didn't know about the eyebrow mites until, like, 2002, three. He ate a PB&J before he went in, so he became fused with jelly. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Also, I'm still confused. So the telepods like definitively have to create some type of matter. I don't. They never go into that, but like, you would have what? to. You're not transporting molecules of carbon or whatever. So you right. have to basically it's dissolving become a and reprinter of atoms. Yes, exactly. So you have an you have a printer cartridge full of whatever elements you need: carbon and phosphorus and calcium and all this other shit. Right. Yes. So. I'm confused then in general with whether so he's in there with a fly, the computer sees the fly, does it recreate a human's worth of fly genetic code or does it maintain the same weight percent of fly for all of Brundle? If it does, it clearly then yeah. he would basically lose like some cells in his intestines to right. fly DNA that would die immediately. That's clearly that's, not what it did, it right? Did. And I also don't think it's necessarily based on weight. It's just I'm recreating a human but with a half fly genetic sequence it's also the problem with the like i mean if we want to get into like but it shows the percentages in the in the scene where he's trying to diagnose it so the computer then would have had to logically think oh this thing that is point zero 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 seven percent of the mass, i should make it 50. i should make it 50 percent. yes yeah. which could just be a coding error i guess but i mean that seems also, it's a neat pick. It's a coding error. Yeah, it's a coding error. There you it's go. It's a 1980. But we're also, we're also, I mean, in this world, you're accepting that you can combine 23 chromosomes with a being that has 12 chromosomes and just split it evenly and it's okay. And like, it's not. Hey, hey, none of hey. It. good transition into my next thing. So, okay. So, all of that aside, he becomes part fly. Where does his ability to catch flies in his sleep come from? And where does the acid spit come from, which they kind of explain, but also where does the acid spit come from? Also the super strength. Also, why does he able to like run on the ceiling because he's Spider-Man now? Why do his teeth turn into fangs? His teeth don't turn into fangs. They do. <laughs> they do, man. They can't, can't even bite through he, a pencil. They fall out. He can't out use he them, but he has pencil. fangs for some reason. They fall out if you try. They're just deteriorating, I think. Oh, all. they're just disintegrating from the outside in. Yes. To form points. That's how most things disintegrate, by the way, from the outside in. Nah. (laughs) I guess what I'm saying here is that they applied a bunch of, like, non-fly traits to this person who's becoming part fly. I mean, 
crawling on vertical surfaces is, is a, fly a thing tree. a fly does. Sure. Okay. Yes. Fine. Yes. But and also, catching flies in a, your sleep is not something a fly does. But flies have the like super hyperactive twitch reflexes, right? They, because they sense... because the hairs like twitch, which he doesn't have the hairs yet. They show the hairs that come out. I of his know. Back. I know that's a problem. But but he's he's at least got the twitch reflexes down. They mark yes the hairs, but also they have the ability to react to the hairs. Now Jeff Goldblum gets the ability and then the hairs. Interesting. That's not how that... Okay, so that's not how that works. We're in nitpicks, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Why does the transition take so long? Because he doesn't change genetically whatsoever that's my after he gets one. out of the thing. That's my biggest one. It's his just genetics like, are his genetics. Right. They, they would reconstruct a half-human, half-fly thing. It's, not, it's also not like us, as gentlemen around the age Jeff Goldblum was, are like, our cells aren't working hyperactively to produce whatever our dna says it has to produce it's very slowly recreating cells yeah i mean basically he would have like an intestinal lining that was part fly and then eventually you'd have skin cells that were part fly i suppose if you're following this train of logic and then like 20 years from now we would have an eyeball that was part fly and then 50 years from now we'd have like a heart that was part fly right Right. Yeah. It's it's that's that's no good. It doesn't it, there's no reconciliation of that. And as far as his transition through the realm of superhuman, he would uh, realistically what he should be transitioning directly into is the realm of like decrepit human being who's who's unable to function. Like there's no there's no realm here where he actually gains superpowers. That's obvious that whatever. No one no one's going to quibble with that. That's just that's just how the movie works. It's, but still, yeah, this isn't this isn't how genetic modification works. It's really dumb. Yeah, I fully agree. There's no reason for the. Bu- it's not like like I think Bite right is a good example of what this what? wanted to be. The movie Bite, where she gets bit I, by. A thing I understand what you're saying. And is getting I, yes. and is is getting infected slowly over time. Don't talk to me about anything. Turning. Don't don't ever tell me something. That's that what bite this movie does. wants to be, but isn't. Yeah, I totally, no, 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 I totally no, I don't, agree. I don't, I don't the like Fly, bite. directed by David Cronenberg from 1986, is it should have been more like Bite, that random fucking movie we saw from 2015 who was directed by I Have No Idea. Bite is a good movie. Ugh. You don't like body good. horror. Bite is a good movie. That's not true. I don't, I'm I don't still like unclear horror. as to whether or not I like body horror because I don't understand it. This I have is one- Mark. This is the body horror movie. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I have one last nip. Jack, which for the like- record, for the record, you gave Bite a five. It's a good movie. It's not a great movie. <laughs> I gave it's it low a th- average. I gave standard. it a three and a half. Yeah, and you Mark really did, didn't like Mark it. Mark did not exist. <laughs> okay, uh, my last. We talked point. about it on the podcast. What the fuck uh, are you talking my- about? Oh yeah, Mark just didn't put his own score. Vodka down. and fish eggs. Good, good job, back toter. I can probably look it up. Uh, in the in anyways. My last nitpick for the science side of things was, so the end of the movie, Brundlefly fuses with the telepod, which would be organic matter fusing with inorganic matter, which they had shown multiple times throughout the movie, doesn't happen. Right. There's nothing. And the only reason it happens is because it's open. Like, that just doesn't fucking make sense. There's nothing. And, like, if it's going to do that shit, then what would happen if you teleported someone with makeup or a wedding ring or a titanium hip implant? Or hypothetically clothes on. Or clothes. I mean, they do go through the the effort to have him strip naked when he gets in the first time, but also but that's yeah, just to clothes. show his smoking bod. He does have a smoking bod. Yeah, correct. Uh, so those are my science nitpicks. This concludes science corner. <laughs> um, 
when I like the scene where he's crawling around on the ceilings and wall, but he, it's so obvious that he's on a normal, like regular oriented stage and they flip it in post because he lifts his shirt up, but he's already upside down. So the shirts would stay down, but it falls back upwards after he lets it go. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I didn't like that. That is part. a that is a nitpick. You are, that is the literal definition of a nitpick. Congratulations, you've done it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I have a lot of notes about how the computer code works here. We asked if then questions, but I, I talked about those a lot. Uh, yeah, we I would talked, like to yeah. I would like to question how he led with the baboon. His his it's, his general scientific method for proving that this thing works on organic matter is baboon followed by steak followed by baboon. And 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 <laughs> Not only that, but baboons with whom he's friends. They, yeah. like, jump up into his arms. A, how did he acquire a baboon? B, why would you not start with, like, steak, for example, or a lab rat, or a goldfish, or a fucking banana or something? Like, start with carbon-based things that aren't intelligent. I liked your progression of hypotheticals for him there. I'd look, all of, <laughs> like, literally lab rats would be the appropriate place to start Ab- with if you're going to go. Absolutely, lab rats would have been. There's... I mean, not to say that one life is worth less than another, but a lab rat's life is worth less than a baboon. So I guess yes, I will. I will say one one organism's life is worth less than another. Come at I'll us, ASPCA that. or PETA or whoever the hell. <laughs> oh, shit. What if we get into a beef with PETA? I'd be so on board for that. That would I'd probably fucking... be good for us, actually. Let's yeah. try and do that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, any news is good news or whatever. Uh, You're not supposed to say kill two birds with one stone. You're supposed to say feed two birds with one scone. They do, like, so they do like they do like grain. So don't I mean, feed a fed don't feed a fed horse. Don't beat a fed horse. No, don't feed a fed horse. Well, but also don't beat a fed horse. I mean, yeah, I think well, Peter would also agree absolutely with absolutely never beat yeah. anything, Mark. <laughs> well, I have a question. Do you think Peter anything. would be more upset with me beating a fed horse or beating a dead horse? Oh, that's interesting. They should be more upset with the former. This is how we get into our beef. <laughs> Ask them that question. Ask them. Hey, Peter, hypothetical for you. <laughs> if I'm unable to actually say the thing you told me to say, which one is preferable between these two situations? If I find myself in a situation where I'm drunk and I need to do one of the two and I can't remember, <laughs> which one would you rather have? Which one should do? I err on the side of, please? <laughs> uh, I I do like the general, while we're sort of adjacent to this topic, I love the idea of the telepod being used as like a vehicle for molecular gastronomy. Just think about that. You like teleport a cow and a chicken together, and you have a fifty percent chicken cow. It's like lower fat, but just as delicious. It's I believe it's a cow and chicken. Uh, I mean, you're gonna make a Cartoon Network joke? Thank you. I was trying. No one said anything. It was silence for a long time. Cow and chicken. Cow and chicken. I think oh, we've identified in the past chicken. that cow and chicken is like well, it's it's a blind spot for Jack. He did not have that part of his childhood. But also, I thought Jake said cow a chicken. Well, Jack's also extraordinarily drunk, so. Yes, I <laughs> do not know what's happening. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, like, if this is, a, like, a real technology, teleport a banana and an apple together, you know? Make, like, a banapple. <laughs> it I'm, took you, I'm, it the took whole, you the whole, too long to come up with the word for that. The whole thing where she's like, ooh, it seems synthetic. I just went immediately, like, I bet Kat Cora could figure out a way to make this delicious. 
<laughs> Alton Brown teleport gonna... some food to my table so that it tastes wonderful. That's all Alton, I want. Alton Brown is gonna get the fuck in there. Hey, oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good Eats. I want the I want the telepod episode of Good Eats. Mark, do you know Good Eats is back? Yeah, I heard about that. There's a Good Eats season nine or whatever. Did you know they're making one. a Breaking Bad movie? Yeah. They should. Day. Yeah. Aaron Paul came to my front door, Jake. Not I, ten feet below where you sit right I, now. I still. If if, if I didn't let story, him in my house. Yeah. If this story is true, you are. Why would the story not be true? Unaccept- Hannah told you this story. You are an unacceptable human. You're welcome <laughs> well, to kiss the stoop on your way out later yeah. tonight. <laughs> I tried to tweet at him after it, but he wasn't having none of it. You're a douchebag. <laughs> Anything else? I have one more nitpick. Um, do it. Oh, God. It is it. not enough typing. When he is halfway <laughs> in between, he's typing wait, wait, one wait. letter at a time. Time out. time out. You're talking about when he's trying to. Uh, oh, no, you're talking about something different. I'm talking about when, when he, he's, he's doing just, like he's doing like the hunt and peck with his individual yeah. fingers because he's got all of his hands. His left apart. hand, he can type with a glove. Yeah. His right hand is using a pencil and typing. And he's like letter, letter, letter. And then it cuts to the, the screen and it's like solution colon immediately it's like nope yeah you didn't type that fast okay i thought <laughs> I you're talking to... about i thought you're talking about the part where he was like typing in whatever he had to type in to quote make it crazy for the flesh yes <laughs> that didn't make any sense either no his the computer also evolves from like you have to answer with if then questions to also now i can just say do it here's what i want to do go make it like a grandma <laughs> It's another it's another function he programmed in. He just hadn't used it yet, Jack. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. He taught it already. Computers <laughs> only know what we teach them. But also they they put the keystrokes in. Like they show you him typing and then on the screen, they put all of the super fast typing keystrokes like the 130 words per minute <laughs> keystrokes in. And I hate it. Fair, yeah. Fair. Uh well, see earlier conversation about how they they like mostly understood technology. Um, I had one last one, which is so when he has the lady from the bar back at her uh, back at his apartment, she offers to give him something that she calls an alcohol rub. And I'm just curious, is that a thing that has ever existed ever that would feel good? Yeah. What is an alcohol rub? It's also after him spilling her shot that she's taking it. It's where you drink a lot of alcohol. Yeah, you drink a lot of alcohol and then you rub. She's trying to get him in the mood. I mean, that's just a Tuesday night for me. And her offer is to rub Wolf. ethanol, presum- <laughs> presumably. Presumptuously. Hopefully. Hopefully presumptuously. Ethanol. I mean, kind of, yeah, in this situation. Yeah. I want to rub ethanol all over your body, baby. Yeah. That sounds sexy. Ooh, yeah. That sounds it. sexy. I'd take it. You would take an alcohol rub? Sure. I had an Jake. alcohol rub today. I rubbed alcohol into a fucking open wound on my foot. I didn't talk about that. That's not an ethanol rub, though. No, it wasn't. It was isopropyl alcohol. Yeah. I put that into it. I, still I alcohol. Stepped on a, still an alcohol. Yes, I stepped on a rusty nail. I didn't talk about this. I stepped on a rusty nail. Yeah, you were going to talk about had this, to, Yeah, I didn't. Too distressed by Mark. I, I was too distressed. I had to go get a fucking tetanus shot today. It was horrifying. Okay, continue. <laughs> I have uh, one final neat pick. Do it. Presented by Coors Banquet. I think it's cool that Coors sponsored this fucking movie. When his house is an absolute disaster, uh, half the trash is boxes of Coors Banquet. That's it's weird too, because like so I don't know that that's strange. what you, what kind of like brand affinity building sort of thing you would it's want. It's so weird. I, that no, they're okay but I'll with that. say this: as far as world building goes, the whole idea that this is this person's life is he only owns 
six, five, whatever, identical suits, so he never has to choose what to wear. He eats steak that is pan-fried and just drinks banquet whatever. What's wrong with banquet? Nothing's wrong with banquet. I'm just saying, like, they're painting a good picture of this guy's life. He drinks, like, all of the things he has are, like, the things you would have if you had some money, like he would in this situation, but also didn't know how to do, like, real-world things. He's, he's... Banquet is the best of the affordable beer. Rainier. But that they're on well, a different I mean, level. No, I'd rather have Banquet. They're on a different level. You're also wrong. They are on a different level. Rainier and Coors Light are like what you'd compare. Banquet's like a slightly different thing. I'd rather have Rainier than Banquet. I mean, that's objectively wrong, but okay. <laughs> but what I'm saying, like, doesn't this sort of paint a picture of a person who's like, he has money, but he doesn't really know how to do life? Yeah, he's like uh, Frazier. He's like Alan Tudyk from that season where he played Frazier's boss on Frazier. He's got all the money. He doesn't know what to do with it. And he just wants Frazier to tell him what to do with it. Exactly. Oh, so what I'm saying is I like God. this knee pick. It's a good knee pick that Alan- feeds into uh, what will eventually probably be my uh, world building score. That's fair. Alan Tudyk. Love it. Alan three dicks. Yup. We have to go to ratings. <laughs> Yup. We over at Easy Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how Spock would rate how well odors can travel through the vacuum of space. That is illogical, Ensign. Odors cannot travel through the vacuum of space. And for 10, think of how Vanilla Ice would rate how much he likes the turtles. I've always had a love for the turtles, and when I did Secret of the Ooze Part 2, it was the highlight of my life ever. I mean, I'll never top it, no matter what I do. Go, Ninja, go, Ninja, go! Story's the first category to rate these movies. Jake? Yes. Was this your pick? You realize that it was my pick right now. Um, No, I'm not clear, but thank you for confirming. Holy shit, yeah. You just suckered yourself into my trap. Oh, I gave it a seven and (laughs) a half. Hypothetically speaking. For Story. Seven and a half, okay. Seven and a half for story. Uh, it's a story of an earnest scientist. He steps unknowingly into his own destruction, and it has effects both on him and his loved... Loved? I'm air quoting right now. They love each other. They, I think they do. Loved ones. Uh, and it's a pretty heavy hitting when you consider that it's also a story of a dude who splices his DNA together with a fly, which is kind of... Ugh. Yeah, it's pretty much splice. Pretty much splice. Mark! Uh, seven and a half, yeah. Oh, maybe whoever loses this one should just watch splice. I mean, maybe you should give it a score. I should give it a seven. That's the score I'm giving. You it. should. Okay, you did. Did you uh, say anything about a seven? Fuck. Nah. No. Okay. Uh, so the thing I had. I mean, you you basically covered it. Untethered science is always a pretty good jumping off point. Yep. Um. I mean, we kind of we've talked. This is a very similar movie to From Beyond, which we reviewed not long ago, as I said, when our original beers for fear segment. But there are a lot of qualms you have with this that I have with this movie. Uh, as far as like science goes, but it's like one of those great just suspension of disbelief type things. If you're willing to like allow this thing to just make all the assumptions that it does, then it's a pretty good movie. The only reason I'm really knocking it is because it's not a new story. It's based on some older stuff and also because a lot of the gender stuff doesn't age particularly well, which I'm going to throw into uh, the the story here just because I don't think that this is logically how the narrative would evolve in real life, but fuck it, whatever. It's still a better than average story. I'm going to give it an eight for a story. I think this is a fantastic story. I actually think this is the best iteration of the story on which this is based. Uh, they did a fantastic job. I because think the, you've read the 1957 short story? Yes. Fuck you. It's like 17 pages long. Eh. Read it. Eh. Read something. 
Eh. Read some things. Eh. In any case, this... I really uh, wanted to do the Danny DeVito quote from Matilda, <laughs> and I cannot remember what it was. Why would you read something when you got the television? You're close enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a fantastic story. Mark, I do agree with you that the gender stuff doesn't age well, but even within that, there are elements of the characters being really believable and like the going back to abusive people shit that happens in real life stuff yeah. that I like a whole bunch. So yeah, it's not great and it shouldn't exist, but it does. And I think it's well-written. So I'm giving it an eight. It's fair. That's going to lead into world building and immersion. Jake. Yeah. A little bit lower. Uh, I gave it a seven though. I mean, it's not like it's low. <laughs> uh, there's a bit that's going to take you out of the movie when you're forced to think about it. It might hit you science nerds more than it did me because it is primarily when you're thinking about the science part. But uh, luckily I feel like those scenes are few enough and far enough between, and I can suspend my disbelief when necessary. Otherwise you're just kind of allowed to like let the effects wash over you and deal with the character story which is quite solid so i gave it a seven yeah Mark. i was in i i guess uh, there's a pattern evolving right here i gave it a six and a half so i'm another half point below jake here kind of the same thing there there's some really phenomenal performances in this movie from goldblum and gina davis um and also cronenberg's direction i think is really phenomenal it puts it paints a really really nice picture and we didn't uh, talk about this but cronenberg's acting too oh yeah the gynecologist the cronenberg yeah, yeah the guy yeah. who pulls the maggot out is is cronenberg I, I mean whatever he's in there for 15 seconds hey it matters it does sure why not i, I kind of like the director cameos they're fun um there's some stuff that will take you out of this one generally, obviously the science and just the general like technology level of the 1980s and going back and revisiting that. But also that's sort of what makes the movie charming. So it's a bit of a catch 22. And in that case, you know, I'm just going to punt on it and call it a six and a half because I think it's pretty good. Yep. Look, I gave it a seven. I got nothing new to add. That's going to lead us into Scare Factor. Jake. It was a higher score that I ended up giving than I expected going in. I gave it a seven. Uh, it packs a heavier weight than I remembered from earlier watches, which... I think is probably indicative of the fact that I'm older. I'm not going to get too much into like the how this could be cancer or aging or any of that right now, but it does hit you. And I mean, you like basically you mask that with what's actually happening on screen, which is a horrifying disfiguration and transfiguration of a human into a fly. It's it's solid. It's solid stuff. Yeah, Mark. I. Yeah, this I gave it a six. This isn't a traditionally scary movie, but it is one that will like psychologically stick with you. It does a lot of atypical things that are pretty jarring and upsetting. That's like it's not nightmare haunting stuff unless you count the physical body horror type things. I think if if you're talking true, not true, that's a bad word to use here. If you're if you're talking traditional horror, that's you're probably pointing at the gore here. If you're talking about Something a little bit deeper than that. You're talking about the concepts of like having a half fly baby inside of you, which I think is why that scene where she gives birth to the maggot is so important. Yeah. Or being trapped in a teleportation chamber and knowing at the end of this countdown clock that your DNA is going to be fused with a half fly, half human beast. Like... That's the type there there's some there's some really interesting kind of psychological questions built into this that are scary fundamentally but it's not like itself a jump scare type movie that you're traditionally thinking of as scary. Yep, well put. Yeah, so I I think I'm more affected by body horror than either of you guys, but I do find it terrifying. I gave it a 7. Look, Jake, I gave it the same score as you. I think this to me this is this is my favorite body horror movie. Um, it's, and the scene where he's like in the mirror pulling out his fingernail and then his other fingers are oozing shit. 
Like, <laughs> oh my nice. fucking god! It's so it's. I cringe. I stuff. Yeah, it's, I, that's a hard scene to watch. Fuck, it's, yeah. there and there are a lot of scenes in this movie that are just hard to fucking watch and not. I guess it's in the way that like torture porn is sometimes hard to watch, but holy shit, yeah, it's not like that. I like it a lot. I gave it a seven. Jake, that's gonna. Uh, what effects are judicious <laughs> lack thereof? You're you're hanging on. I appreciate I'm it. You've made it a while. Here. That is our next category, and I gave this one a ten. Practical effects do not get better than this. This is what you go to. This is your North Star. The Academy Award is kind of the cherry, despite what we think about the Academy. But it's the nice first to see credit that, that it, comes up it, is the yeah. I mean, it overcame studio. what was an uphill battle, like we talked about earlier. This is visual practical perfection and so much care was given to it and then on top of that if you even want like if you if you have the breath to muster to talk about the audio you had howard shore howard shore who did a pretty tremendous job on that as well so this is as good as it gets 10 yeah mark also gave it a 10 i thought i was i, I mean anytime you write a 10 down you feel like you have to come in to defend it but jake already did so i also gave it a 10 yeah, I give it a nine. I think the scenes are Fuck you off. asshole, you defend son of a it. bitch. Defend it. I will. The scenes that are inside the teleportation things are lacking. The CG is very bad of the lightning and all the shit they oh add in post. God. That looks terrible. And then the smoke varies way too wildly like it. for it's it to be perfect. Ice. Like sometimes it's perfectly around Jeff Goldblum's crotch, so you don't show that. But then other times it's just around the door. I think you're. I think you're floor. giving it a nine because it was around his crotch. I mean, yeah, I would have liked to see his dong. Well, I would so the reason that. you're knocking this a whole point because you didn't see his dong. Yes, that's let's what say he's doing. yes. Absolutely. That's what he's doing. Overall, Jake, I gave this an eight and a half. I just uh, want to see his dong. I know, man. I gave it an eight and a half, though. Okay, it's an absolute horror classic. It's one of the very few instances where I think personal. I think the sequel outdoes the original film. They're both good. I would recommend them both. Getting into the next segment. Nothing against the Vincent Price version. I love that movie, but it's it's just the practical of the eighties and everything that has like the go too far ickiness of this film matched with what the story is. It's it's perfect. It's Cronenberg's best work. It absolutely is. Mark. Mark gave it an eight. Uh which I think is a bit of a tilt up from what my three scores are or four scores four. are so far, but four scores. <laughs> You want to do a little bit more of that speech? Nope. And okay. seven years ago. Any other words? Do you know a single other word of that speech? No. Okay. The. <laughs> the. Probably and. I'm sure there was a lot of both of those. It was probably like. Founding? I bet I he mentions the word bequeathed. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't write it. I don't care. Some ghostwriter wrote it. Fuck. Talk. <laughs> Jesus. I gave it an eight. Uh, this is inarguably a horror classic that everyone should watch. Whatever, I fucking love this movie. Yeah, I gave it a nine, which is a tilt up based on the scores I've given so far. Yeah, not not hugely significantly, yeah. but man, you didn't give it a ten for effects though, and then you had the highest overall. This is this movie is so fucking good. This is this is a perfect body horror movie. This is everything body horror should be. I love body horror. This is great. This movie's fucking great. So do we recommend it, guys? Oh, good. It's a good question. It's a yeah. thumbs down for me, man. <laughs> we all give it a thumbs up. It's too scary. Uh, I would. I would think. <laughs> I think there's an interesting exercise here to watch this one and watch the Vincent Price one, though. There I is. Really do. Yeah, there really uh, is. They're both yeah. very good. I movies. will be doing that in the next within the, within the next week, hopefully. Uh, well, it's not going to matter because we don't have to talk about it next week. 
it's I'm at a point in my life where I like legitimately don't know if I'll have time to do this within the next two weeks. <laughs> so radical uh, stay adult tuned, fears. Suppose. You shitting me? Dead air. Are you both gonna fucking dead air me like that? <laughs> Wait, oh my god! <laughs> dead air oh followed by Jeff spilling everything. Oh my god! <laughs> hey guys, should we should we get the hell out of here? This has been episode 149 of the A to Z Horrorcast. To check out everything we have going on, head on over to A to Z Horror.com or come hang out with us on either of our social media channels. That's Facebook, that is Twitter, and those links are going to be right down there in the description below. As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, if you like what you're hearing and you're still here for some reason, you might want to consider becoming a Patreon member. We have a whole heck of a lot going on over there for Patreon members. The link to our Patreon is going to be down there in the description below as well. If you can't swing that, that's cool, too. We're happy you're still here hanging with us, and we're going to continue to create the best possible content for you. Also, as always, music's been coming at you from Super Fair. There are links down there, too, if you want to check out any of their music. It's pretty rad. And next week, we're checking out a movie that Mark is going to be super-duper incredibly pleased with himself. They have CG corn. It's CG corn. The Gracefield Incident. Woo! Oh, look at that reaction. Be prepared for a lot of that next week, and it's going to be coming at you, like I said, in one week. Until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some horror movies. Jack's sleeping on his mic stand. Have a great week, everybody. Don't you know that talking about a revolution sounds like a whisper?